when I met Mary, I was about 30 years old. I was the carpenter in our little town of Nazareth, a trade I would one day teach my son. Proud as any father is to watch his son exceed him in greatness. I say my son because in many ways that matter. He was my son indeed. But his true father, as you know, is the father of all of us. Before Mary and I were wed, I discovered that she, my, my bride-to-be, was already with child. It may be difficult to understand now what that sort of thing meant in my time. This was a time when a woman's chastity was extremely important to a husband. In fact, for many women, to lay with a man before marriage could lead to public exile, disgrace, or even to stoning. This news was well. <laughs> it wasn't easy for a man to hear. I had a choice to make. But something inside of me told me immediately that I, I couldn't allow harm or disgrace to come to this woman who I very much wanted to spend my life with. So, in an effort to follow a righteous path, I set out to quietly end our engagement in an effort in hoping the community will not discover what I discovered, that Mary was already with child. That night, in a dream, someone who I can only describe as an angel of the Lord God himself came to me. And the angel told me not to worry that the child inside of Mary was placed there by the Holy Spirit. Take Mary home as your wife and call your child Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. <laughs> and, and of course, I, I had studied the law and I knew that this dream fulfilled that which was prophesied. A virgin shall give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel. I awoke and I, I, I set immediately to following the angel's instructions. There was a second time that an angel appeared to me, but this time with a warning to leave my homeland, the land of my people, and escape to Egypt. For Herod was searching for the child and his mother and meant to murder him. Again, I awoke and I I immediately set out following the angel's instructions. As fathers and husbands, our first instinct is to, whether we completely realize this or not, is to protect our family. That sort of innate need is born out of the deepest love you can ever imagine. A love that wise men explain, poets describe, and artists paint. And yet every one of us has fallen short of truly hitting the nail on its head. A father's love is indescribable in any medium. I've learned as I've grown that there are different kinds of danger. There is the danger of being harmed, which is what we faced when we needed to flee to Egypt. But there's another, more darker, almost sinister danger 
the danger of failing to fulfill our life's purpose. That day I considered leaving my Mary. I was in danger of choosing the wrong destiny, of, of, of inadvertently turning my back on God's purpose for me. But like every worldly father I've met, my heavenly father is the fiercest protector I've known. And each time I faced those grave dangers, he was there, whispering ever so gently in my ear, guiding me with a quiet firmness that only a child could sense from their father. And understanding that his desire to protect came solely from his deepest capacity to love, I followed. We cannot always know what is right, but often we know what feels right. And those feelings I find are often messages, and if we're listening, really listening, we find these gentle nudges, our messages from our greatest protector, the greatest father we will ever know, whose love, like that which we have for our own sons, is simply too beautiful, too complicated for words. Don't touch that. Mm, put that down. Don't, don't, don't go there. Those are words that the fathers have said to their children really since time began. Whether or not, whether or not our children listen, well, that's another story altogether. And the question that I have for you today is this. What danger or difficulty are you presently dealing with because of your unwillingness to listen to the voice of God? Let me ask that again. What, what danger or difficulty do you presently have in your life because of a failure to recognize or a, a failure to listen to the voice of God? Matthew tells us, in fact, I want you to take your Bible and I want you to turn to Matthew, the first chapter. And Matthew tells us that the story of how Jesus came to be, that, that his mother Mary was pledged or betrothed uh, to Joseph. Now, oftentimes what happens when we, when we read Bible stories, it's, it's real easy to put them in our historical context, to, 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 to frame it in our world. But in, in the days of Jesus, in, 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 the, in, in the days of of Matthew writing this gospel, the, the marriage process was understood to be, well, quite different than it is today. We, we have some, in our tradition, in the, in the Christian tradition, we, we have a, 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 a fairly formalized way that we, that we do weddings. Even with some creativity, there's, there's some basic steps to that. And, and, in, and in a Jewish wedding, there are, there are formalized aspects to it and, and steps to that. But, but even, the, even the Jewish wedding of today, it looks very different than what happened in Jesus' day. 
You see, in Jesus' day, marriage was much more of a process than it was an event. Right? And, and we see this. We actually see this in the story of marriages throughout the Old Testament. We, we see how when, when the marriage process began, sometimes it would take years. Sometimes a marriage was arranged with a child one year of age. Most historians do believe that Joseph was somewhat older than Mary. We, we know this. We know that in the latter years of, of Jesus' earthly ministry that, that Joseph wasn't there. We do know that he was there for at least the first 12 years of, of Jesus' earthly time. But Joseph, Joseph was a man <clears throat> who positioned himself to hear from God. And, and as a result, over and over again, as God spoke to him, as the angel of the Lord came to him over and over again, Joseph's family was provided for. Joseph's family was protected because he heard the voice of God. So I want to ask you the question again. I, I want it to sink deep into the recesses of your heart and your mind. What danger, what difficulty are you currently dealing with in your day? What danger or difficulty are you currently dealing with in your life? What danger or difficulty are you currently dealing with in your family? Because of your failure to recognize or the failure to be obedient to God's voice. So, so how do we do this? How, how, do, we, how do we hear from God? How, how do we... How do we position ourselves in such a way that, that we, we, we can recognize that voice to respond to? Well, well, let's look at the story of Joseph here in, in Matthew's gospel. Here's what it tells us. So, starting in, in, in verse number 18, it tells us this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Before they came together. You see, in in Jewish custom in that day, in ancient Jewish custom, the marriage process started with a, a marriage commitment, a contract, a ketubah is what it was called. And what's interesting is this, is men were easy to marry off, right? And, and but, but, but the, the, the women, they were, they were much more valuable. So, so a man, if he wanted to, to marry a, a, a young girl, especially a, a young girl that, that came from a good family and, 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 and showed great promise, well, that was, that was quite an event on his part. And he would have to make a contract with a father. Certain agreements would have to be made. He would have to pledge to take care of this woman in a proper fashion. And it would be clearly written out. So the groom would say, look, this is how I'm going to take care of your daughter. This is how I'm going to provide for her. Here, here's, how she's going to be, here's how she's going to be protected in the home. And, sir, by the way, for the right to, ha to, to have your daughter as my wife in marriage, here's what I'm going to do for you financially. Here's, here's how I'm going to reward you or, or remunerate you for allowing me the, the honor of having your daughter's hand in marriage. Now, Lest we think it was um, all that 
overly heartwarming and altruistic. The reality is this, is that, is that women were really, <clears throat> please don't beat me up over this. This was not my way. It was the ancient custom. But women really were considered to be property. They were considered to be chattel, right? And so when you found a good woman, uh, you, in essence, you were purchasing her from her father, right? And so that's the reason why young girls, especially a young, young girl like Mary, was of tremendous value. Now, typically what happened is you had uh, some, uh, the time from the contract and, and then the time of the consummation. And, and the, what, what determined the issue, the time between the contract and the consummation were two things. One was this was waiting if, if, the, if the young girl was betrothed to be married at a very young age, you had to wait until she came of age. Or number two, and this was the bigger issue, you had to wait until the mohar or the payment for the girl was paid. Right? And here's, here's what the story of Joseph and Mary, what we, what we can glean from the story of Joseph and Mary. They were at the point where the contract had been done, and the contract likely, likely had been done for some time. The mohar had obviously been paid or been close to paid, and so they were, they were getting to the point where they were very close to the consummation and then the celebration of the marriage. That, that's what you had. You had the contract, the, the, the saying, okay, this is what we're going to do, the consummation of the marriage, and then the celebration of the marriage, the wedding feast. And there's this anticipation on Joseph's part of the consummation of the marriage and the celebration of the marriage. No doubt he's waited for some time. And, and, and finally, finally, they're going to be able to move from contract to actual relationship. And in, in the midst of that, <clears throat> Mary comes to him and says, Joseph, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure how to tell you this, but I can't I can't begin to imagine what Joseph felt in that moment. I, I can't, can't begin to imagine the, the thoughts and the emotions that came over him. Mary, who, who was it? Who is he? I'll kill him. Well, you can't kill him because it wasn't so much a, a he that you can kill. It, it was, a, it was a, a, this angel that came to me, angel my eye. That's no angel, Mary. No, 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 listen. Let's just listen, Joseph. The, the angel, I didn't have relations with somebody who claimed to be an angel. This, this angel came to me and talked to me, and I don't, Mary, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But, but here's what it tells us in, 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 in Matthew's gospel. It tells us this, but Joseph being a righteous man, Joseph being a righteous man, that, that's it. That's, if, if, you want, if, if you want to know how to hear God's voice and live in God's protection plan for you, not just God's protection plan, but God's provision plan for you, God's providential plan for you, it all starts 
with tuning in to what God is wanting to say. In essence, tuning in to God's frequency. I want you to grasp this this morning. And if you get nothing else out of today, I want you to get this. That God has spoken to his, to his children. He has spoken to us, His creation, since the garden. God has never stopped speaking. And God doesn't just speak to a priest or a, a, a high-ranking holy person. God has always spoken to His children regardless of position. And we see this. We see this historically, right? It's, 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 it's told throughout Scripture, through, through the totality of Scripture, and we see it empirically, right? We experience this in our, in our own lives. And, and if, if God has consistently spoken, as we see in Scripture, not to these overly religious people of high position, but God spoke to everyone, both people in authority and people in the most common states. Why then would it seem foreign? Why then would it seem odd? Why then would it seem ridiculous that God would speak to you and God would speak to me? Oh, make no mistake. Listen very carefully to what I'm telling you. God is in the business of speaking to His children, and God has a posture where He's speaking to you. He's speaking to you today. He's speaking to you in the moment. Well, well, how do I know that it's God? Well, here's one of the really, here's one of the really easy things about, there are a number of ways to, to discern the voice of God and to, to prove that it's the voice of God. And here's a biggie, okay? And this isn't in my notes today. This is just a free bonus. How do I know for sure that it's the voice of God? Well, here's one of the things. Because God never changes, God will never do anything that's contrary to His Word, okay? So, I'll give you an example. I had, a, I had a gentleman a number of years ago come to my office and wanted to talk to me, and he said, he says, Pastor, I have to tell you this. God told me that I'm supposed to get a divorce. And I was able to look at him and go, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He says, no, God told me that he wants me to get a divorce because God wants me to, happy. God wants me to be happy. And I said, well, I think you've got that half right. <laughs> right? God wants you to be happy. God doesn't want you to abandon your family. See, God will never tell you to do anything that's contrary to His Word. Right? So, when I sense God speaking to me, I, I can do this. I can reference it to the Word, and as long as it lines up to the Word, it's good. So, how do I do that? See, it's all about tuning in to God's frequency. <clears throat> Joseph was a righteous man. And, 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 and what we learn, what we know from the, from the word that's used there for righteous, what it means is this. It means that Joseph was a man that was disciplined as it relates to the practices of the kingdom of God. Right? Here's what we know. We know this, that when, when Jesus is born, Joseph takes him to the temple. Joseph pays the price for the, the, for the purification of Mary after Jesus is born. We know that every year at Passover, 
Joseph takes his family and he makes the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Right? So what do we know? We know not just because it tells us in Matthew 1.19. We know this because it's evidence throughout Scripture that Joseph was a man that he endeavored to follow the principles, the practices, and the law that God had laid forth. So Joseph was able to be in a place where he could recognize that it was God speaking to him because Joseph made it a practice of tuning in to what God had already said and walking in the plan that God had laid out. So one of the keys for me on an ongoing basis to hear the voice of God is to position myself in such a way, to follow the practices of the Word in such a way that I'm tuned in to God's frequency. Because friend, God is speaking and God's speaking specifically to you today. The question is, do you have that frequency dialed in in your life? Well, how do I do that? I do that by following the patterns and the practices that he's laid out for me in the Word. Listen, that's one of the many reasons, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the many reasons why the Word of God says, do not neglect the, the, the do not, ne- do, don't, ne- don't, I, and I've just totally butchered that scripture, okay? <laughs> so basically what it says is this, are you ready? Because for some reason my mind is, it, it has gone bad on that scripture, it might be because of getting to bed at two o'clock this morning. (laughs) Um, You are supposed to be in the house of God, right? Do not neglect the gathering together of the brethren as some are in the habit of doing, uh, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so we do this, right? David said this, he said, in the evening, in the morning, and at noon will I pray, will I seek the face of God? So, on a daily basis, positioning myself in such a way that I'm open to God speaking. It's it's remarkable to me that so few people who profess to be Christians have a consistent daily devotional time where where our prayer time goes beyond God's neat, let's eat, right? Where where our, our, our prayer focus is more than now I lay me down to sleep. And so for me, to, for, me to be, for me to be sensitive, for me to be tender to what God is saying, I've got to be tuned into God's frequency. And that's what Joseph had done. Joseph was tuned into God's frequency. Joseph had a heart for God. And that heart for God was evidenced by the discipline that he displayed in his connection with the principles and the promises of God. That's the reason why when... When the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream, he recognizes it for what it is because he's already tuned into that frequency. I often say this here, and I I often say it because it's true, and I I want it to be one of those things that just sticks in you, sticks in you, sticks in you, that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And one of the big reasons why the devil does that is because he wants to turn the frequency. Right? He doesn't want you at a place where you're where you're in tune with what God is wanting to say in your life, the message that God wants to bring into your day. Now try to bring distractions and try to bring static into your life. It was so important that Joseph 
be positioned properly, that he be tuned in to what God is doing in the moment. It's, it's part of the reason why in, in our church tradition, when we, why we come in and we first spend time in worship before we spend time in the Word. Because when you come to church, right, oftentimes when you walk through, here, when you walk through the doors, okay, you've come in and you've, you, you've stepped out of a very busy world, right? You've got all these issues and you've got all this stuff, right? And you've got all these irritations. And, and then on top of that, on top of just life and doing all that, the issue of spiritual warfare, because the enemy wants to discourage you, distract you, ultimately defeat you, I have found this, that if the enemy is going to, if the enemy is going to attack in my life, in my family, he's going to attack on Sunday morning, right? If you're going to have a disagreement, argument with your wife, it's going to happen on Sunday morning before you get into church. Because here's the thing, the enemy wants you not in tune with what God's doing. He wants you not in tune with with what God's saying. But something wonderful happens, something powerful happens when we set all those cares aside, and we take time to worship, focused adoration. That's what worship is. It's focused adoration. And Joseph, Joseph was a man that he had, he had his life in God in proper alignment. What distractions, what issues are affecting you in such a way that it's bringing static on the frequency that God wants to speak to you? See, it all starts with tuning into God's frequency. And then notice this. That when, you, when you're tuned in to what God's saying, it's going to require you to trust in God's plan. The wise thing to do, from Joseph's perspective, the wise, the wise, things, the wise thing to do is go, you know what? Yeah, Mary, this isn't going to happen. So we see him operating in wisdom. And in fact, the, the, the ketubah, the marriage contract, it, it had in it, it spelled out how the girl would be taken care of if the husband did not honor the marriage commitment. It also provided out clauses for the man if the woman failed in any area as well. So the ketubah, the contract that had already been, been written up, provided an out for Joseph. And the law provided a penalty for what it appeared on the surface that Mary had done. So Joseph, if he's vindictive, he can have her publicly brought forth and stoned to death. But because he's a gracious man, because he's a righteous man, what he's going to do is this, is he is going to, according to the contract that had been written at Ketubah, he's going to go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to exit myself from this agreement. I'm going to exit myself from this arrangement. I'm going to put her out privately. But 
I, I love that. I, I love that. But Joseph being a righteous man and not wanting to put Mary to public disgrace, he was going to put her out privately, but. I find this regularly in my life that as I look at naturally, as I look in my human understanding, as I look in my limited wisdom, I recognize this is probably the smart way to go. This is probably the wise thing to do, but. Right? But. And God steps into the moment and God says, listen, my wisdom is not as your wisdom. My plan is not as your plan. I know that in the moment this might not make complete sense to you, but you need to trust me that I've got you. You need to trust me that I'm doing what's best for you. You need to trust me that my plan is to bless and prosper you. You need to trust me that I'm protecting you. You need to trust me that I have written upon the scroll of, of my will for you a direction, a plan, a path that will meet your every need, that it will, it, it, it will, it will put you in a place of grace it will allow you to live a life of joy and it will keep you safe. But God in the natural, it doesn't make sense. And he says, my ways are not as your ways. Every one of you that are here who are parents, you've been in this spot right? Where you've had to look at your child and go, look, I understand this doesn't make sense to you right now. But one day it will. And I think many of us are like me that we've had to have that conversation with our parents as we stepped into adulthood and we had to go, hey, dad, remember when you said, right? And I looked at you like you were the dumbest person on the planet. Dad, I cannot believe I didn't, I can't believe I didn't listen. I can't believe that I, I, I operated so foolishly, right? Anybody, is there anybody else that's ever had to have that conversation with mom or dad going, yeah, mom, dad, you were so right, and I was so wrong, and I missed it so terribly, and I was convinced that you were, you, you were absolutely ridiculous. I was convinced that at the very minimum, you were operating selfishly, but more than likely, you were operating just in absolute lunacy. But now I see the wisdom of what you're saying, and I see the brilliance of the moment. I have a 22-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old son wandering around this campus somewhere this morning. Listen to me, kids. I understand that dad might seem brain damaged today. But if you, if you, if you listen to me, you will discover my true brilliance. Uh, maybe. Perhaps. It does come down to trusting in God's plan, right? Because what, what the angel speaks to Joseph in that moment, it, it does not make sense in the natural. It is absolutely difficult to reconcile. And so in that, listen, wouldn't it have been easy to question the voice of the angel, especially with the way that the angel appears to Joseph, right? So the, the, the shepherds, how does the angel appear before the shepherds, boom, there's this angelic host in the, in the sky, right? There's this booming voice, 
do not be afraid. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was this multitude of angels, right? So for the shepherds, it's like, wow. Okay, Bill, do you see what I'm seeing? Uh, I don't know. What do you see? Okay, so here's what I see. I see a big, massive, like angel-looking dude in the sky. Uh, yeah, then I see what you see. Okay, I just, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't just kind of hallucinating here. That, that, oh my goodness, look, 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 they're, they're, they're as far as the eye can see. There's, there's like a multitude of them. Like, so for the shepherds, there's no, there's no doubt, right? Mary, the angel comes to her. And so Mary's there, and this, this angel comes into her presence, and it's Mary. <laughs> you are highly favored. What, why? Oh, oh. But for Joseph, for Joseph, it comes to him in a dream. A dream would be so easily dismissible, wouldn't it? Right? You wake up from a dream and you go, that was weird. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, it's a dream. It's, it's, just a, it's just a dream. Now, I want to go back to the first point today. And that is this. We got to tune into God's frequency. See, Joseph having this dream, he knew that it was a dream from God. There was no doubt in his mind that it was a dream from God. How did he know that it was a dream from God? Well, number one, it lined up with the Word of God. Number two, what the angel spoke to him about is a confirmation of prophecy that was written hundreds of years ago. And God confirmed it just to him at, at, at soul level, at core level. He knew that it was more than just a response to that late night snack he had before he went to bed. See, he, he was willing to embrace God's plan because he was comfortable with God's creative, God's creative communication plan. Oftentimes what we want is we want God to speak to us, but we want God to speak to us on our terms. So God, I want you to speak to me. Here's how I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to me the same way that you spoke to Moses. God, I want, I, want, I want the shepherd angel appearance. I don't want the Joseph angel appearance. Right? Because this, this big, massive dude in the sky and then joined with all his friends, that I can, that I can wrap my head around. But you speaking to me while I'm asleep, uh, that's a bit more, well, that's a bit more vague, isn't it? And yet, Joseph didn't question the method by which God communicated. He, he trusted in God's, in God's creative communication, right? 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He, he did this. And, and with Joseph, Joseph didn't just do it once. He does it over and over and over again. Right? So, because we, we see it there in, 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 in Genesis 1.24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. But, but do this. Go over one more chapter to, verse number, uh, to uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse number 13. It says, when they had gone, when the wise men had gone, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. So over and over again, we see this, this issue of danger or difficulty in the life of Joseph, and not just in the life of Joseph, but in the life of his family, those that he is called to be the spiritual covering, covering over, right? He's the priest of his home. And he positions himself to where he can hear the voice of God. He's tuned into God's frequency. And here's what he does. He's willing to embrace God's plan even though it doesn't fit what he might naturally think because he allows God to speak to him in the way that God wants to speak to him. He embraces God's creative communication plan instead of saying, God, if you want to speak to me, here's the way that you need to speak to me. God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow the Gideon model and I'm going to lay out a fleece. Right? And Christians do that all the time, and we do it contrary to even what, the way the Word of God lays it out. So God, if you want to speak to me, here's what you have to do, and here are the terms by which I'll let you speak into my life. That wasn't Joseph's posture on any level. And he, and, and, and he walks. He immediately, I love the fact that it says, he immediately Joseph doesn't go to his buddy and go, hey, listen, I got to talk to you. Okay, like I had this weird dream, and, uh, and the weird dream that I had was this, was that I'm supposed to leave Israel. I'm supposed to leave everything that I know. I'm supposed to leave my business. I'm supposed to leave my family. I'm supposed to leave all this and go to Egypt. I know it sounds nuts, but what do you think? Because I just got to make sure that I'm not crazy. Jo Joseph doesn't, he doesn't do that, right? He doesn't question it. He doesn't question it. Why? Let me recap one more time. Joseph is tuned into God's frequency. 
How are you today? In your devotional life, in your time in the Word, in your time in worship, are you regularly positioning yourself to where you're tuned in to the frequency upon which God speaks? Are you willing, are you willing to embrace what God has to say? Are you willing to embrace His plan even when it doesn't make sense to you or it doesn't fit your ideal game plan? Allowing God to speak to you in the way that He wants to speak to you. And when He says, move, move. What danger or difficulty do you currently have in your life? And in the life of those around you, in the life that God has positioned you to be an influencer to, what danger or difficulty do you have, not just you, but the people around you? What danger or difficulty are you currently experiencing? Because of a disconnect to hearing God's voice or an unwillingness to respond with the immediacy that Joseph responds. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.